0: We were told there would be a competition, but so far there's no doubt that Paulson Adibo is your New Orleans Saints cornerback, too. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome in to this Friday episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much, as always, Make a Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, we're free and available on all podcast apps and on YouTube as well. And I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, your New Orleans Saints expert credentialed member of the media. And you can find me every single day. Over at USA Today, Saints Wire Tuesdays unlocked in NFL, and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked On Saints. And we are continuing on with a busy New Orleans Saints training camp. Cornerback Paulson Adebo leaving absolutely no doubts so far that he should be cornerback two. We're also going to discuss the impact and progress of Tyron Matthew thus far, and whether or not Juwan Johnson should be getting tight in rep, tight end one. Reps as we answer your questions from the earlier live episode. New Orleans State's also acquiring a new linebacker. We'll break all that down today, but I want to focus solely on Paul Sinadibo for this first portion of the show. And look, I know that you know a lot of you that have been rocking here for a long time, you've locked on who that's, I see you that have been here for a long time here on the show know how much I was hyping up Paulson Sinadibo as one of my favorite cornerbacks of the 2020 NFL, or excuse me, 2021 NFL draft class. And it's all worked out so far, right? He had a really nice rookie season. And so far throughout training camp, he has been the undisputable MVP throughout camp. And so right now, we know that there was supposed to be a little bit of a competition, or at least there was going to be some consideration for competition between guys like Alante Taylor, who the New Orleans Saints drafted in the second round out of Tennessee, Bradley Roby, who the Saints traded for at the beginning of last season before they drafted Paul Sinadivo, and of course, Paul Sinadivo himself, for those cornerback two snaps opposite Marshawn Lattimore, but Paulson and Debo is not making any room for anybody. And we've said this from the very beginning, right? There might be a competition, but it's Paulson and Debo's job to lose. And so far he's shown you he's not going to lose it. And that certainly has been the truth thus far. Usually when we talk about a camp star in training camp, we usually at that point are discussing a wide receiver, right? Think back to guys like Emmanuel Butler and Quan Smith and so on and so forth. This year, it's not lost on me that you're, you've you seen some really good play from wide receivers, but your camp star hasn't been a wide receiver because it's been busy being a cornerback. In every single practice so far, eight days in now, Paulson Sanadibo has logged either a pass breakup or an interception yesterday or today. On Thursday, he logged that interception in one-on-ones, which are usually heavily weighted against cornerbacks. He came out of his four one-on-one reps. Three and one. So you know he's doing something right. He's blanketing in coverage. He's been physical. He's been able to win at the line of scrimmage, but he's also been able to show impressive closing speed at the ends of plays, keeping his composure like somebody that's been in the NFL for six or seven years, being able to play through the hands of a receiver to knock a pass away. We saw him do exactly that during one on ones on Thursday against Chris Olave, who effectively beat him off the line of scrimmage. But Paul Senedibo was able to catch up, close the gap and then play through the hands of Chris Olave to knock the pass away from what would have been considered a touchdown in those one-on-ones. So when you look at Paulson Adiba, what you're seeing so far are ball skills. You're seeing the intangibles like composure. You're seeing the tangibles like closing speed. And you're seeing his ability to generate takeaways. And this is a really important factor. The Saints had 18 interceptions last year. That's pretty good. But can they get into the 20s, right? Especially with an extra game, 17 games on the schedule now as of last year. So you see his ability to be able to generate takeaways, and that's going to put the ball back in the hands of the offense, which now is loaded with weapons like Jameis Winston, Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave, Alvin Kamara, Jawan Johnson, Adam Troutman, who's had a nice year so far. And we can't forget Taysom Hill, of course, as well. So when you think about somebody that can help you win games, it's not just about getting a pick to close out, you know, a, a last second lead or a late lead. It's that third quarter interception that gives the ball back to your offense when they're ahead by a single score and then allows them to go up by you know, by two scores, right? That allows them to go up by double digits. It's those moments like what we saw from Paulson Adebo last year, the big one-handed interception that I still don't think we talk enough about in the, uh, the Falcons game that ended up being a win for the New Orleans Saints, the interception, of course, in the red zone on Aaron Rodgers. You want to talk about intangibles like composure when you've got your backs against a wall like the New Orleans Saints did in that situation in the red zone, being able to come away with a turnover so that you're effectively swinging 14 points if your offense can get a score, a touchdown and an extra point on the back end of that, right? If that turnover leads to scores that ends up swinging a game for you, that ends up changing momentum, that ends up changing the course of a game, that ends up uh, impacting not only the the confidence of the quarterback you're going up against and the confidence of the offense that you're going up against, but it forces that defense that you just maybe put together a 10 or 11 play drive on to come back out on the field, and now your offense has the upper hand in that situation. The Complementary relationship with a symbiotic relationship, as T-Bob Hebert once talked about when he joined here on Locked On Saints long ago, between the secondary in terms of coverage and the defensive line in terms of pressure, Paulson Adebo's ability to become one of those players that makes you look the other way, while Marshawn Lattimore is on the other side, actively forcing you as a quarterback to look the other way. <laughs> you're just taking away options at that point. And you're giving guys like Cam Jordan, Peyton Turner, Marcus Davenport, Carl Granderson, Shai Tuttle. Uh, uh, David on Yamada and more opportunities to get after that quarterback, to get them off of their base, to force them into a hesitation, which holds them for just a second, which allows a second level player like Demario Davis or Pete Werner or Kate Nellis to get through the line. You see where I'm going here. The New Orleans Saints defense is something special with one lockdown cover corner. Imagine what happens with two. And we already know that Marshawn Lattimore is going to have. A lot of challenges and a lot of competition in 2022, going up against guys like Devonte Adams and Justin Jefferson and 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 you know uh, Mike Evans, right? And and many other wide receivers that they go up against. But Paulson Adebo has his fair share on the opposite side of guys like T Higgins or Tyler Boyd and Adam Thielen and. You know, Van Jefferson and or Cooper Cup. And then, of course, you're looking at, you know, the potential return of Odo Beckham Jr., who will potentially land somewhere that could end up being him going back to the Rams, which would be a matchup to watch for Paulson Adibo. And then you look at guys like Chris Godwin, of course, and now Julio Jones in the division to have two cornerbacks that you can trust to put on an island, allow your safeties to do what it is that they do well, come after the quarterback, man the box, or just be that over-the-top safety, that canopy safety that watches everything in front of him, right? that deep safety role, while you've also got another safety like C.J. Gardner-Johnson blitzing off the edge. That gives you unlimited, untethered Access in terms of what you're able to do. The possibilities are endless for Ryan Nielsen and Chris Richard and Dennis Allen to put together a defensive attack that no one sees coming from week to week to week because of what you can do from a personnel standpoint. So when we're seeing things about Paulson and Debo standing out and Paulson and Debo being the MVP of camp and Paulson and Debo making plays at training camp, keep in mind, this isn't just fun to watch during camp. This will win you games in 2022. Paulson Adebo is cornerback too. There's not really a competition there right now because of his outstanding play. Now he's got to keep it up and he's got to translate it out onto the field, but so far that is Paulson Adebo's spot and he ain't letting up on it any time soon. And the New Orleans Saints defense is getting closer and closer to full strength and that's thanks to the return of safety Tyron Matthew. Let's outline his progress so far the impact that he's had, and a new but familiar face coming back to the New Orleans Saints defense. We'll break all that down as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. But before we get to that, I get to tell you about our friends over at DaveDave.com. Look, sometimes it's really nice to be able to do yourself a little bit of a favor and help future you out, right? Those times where maybe like you fold the clothes right after they come out of the laundry and future you gets to thank past you for doing that work a little bit early as opposed to Four days later, like some people like myself do. Uh, but in other cases, sometimes you just need to borrow a little bit of cash, right? And you can do that now with Dave and you can help future you out quite a bit because Dave is a banking app that can help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. There's, that's more money to fill your tank. That's more money for you know, a wedding gift or a last second birthday gift or, or you know maybe going out on a date and you want to make sure that you have everything, all possibilities at your disposal. This is going to help you out with that, and then of course catching up on bills as well. Best of all, no credit check, no interest at all, no credit check required. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app and have gotten the financial relief that they need with extra cash. So download the Dave app today in the App Store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for the extra cash account so you can get up to five hundred dollars instantly. For terms and conditions, go to Dave.com/legal. Transfer fees do apply. Banking is provided by Evolve, member FDIC. Future you. Well, thank you. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Thanks again, as always, for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, we also have our live shows that we're doing every day after training camp. Probably the only exception will be joint practices in Green Bay, because I don't know if I'm going to be there for those, if I'm being honest. We'll find out. I'll keep you up to date on all that. But we might throttle down to one show per, or if I can get somebody to come on with me live after each of those practices, then we might do it that way too. We'll see. But either way, two shows a day right now as we continue on through training camp all throughout the rest of this week and next week leading up to that Houston Texans preseason game, because yes, we are that close. In fact, there's football or was football, depending upon when you're watching this Thursday night, which is kind of wild. I want to jump now into Tyron Matthews' impact and sort of tracking his progression so far, right? He's only been back for two days. Remember, he was excused from training camp for pretty much the first week. Um, Matthew did say that he'll, in the future, be more transparent about what happened and what kept him away from joining the Saints at camp. But right now, his focus, as it should be, is on getting caught up, getting up to speed, continuing to learn the system. And just being out there for his teammates and getting back out on the field as quickly as possible. So that's his focus right now, but he will sort of speak on that private family matter. It sounds like maybe at a later time or give some elements of that um, in, in, in sometime in the near future. But for right now, his focus is on field. And so our focus is on field as well. Big thing that you're looking for when it comes to Tyron Matthew being back is you're just kind of tracking the progress, right? The first day back, he did walkthroughs, but no drills. On Thursday, he did walkthroughs and individual drills, but no position drills, seven on sevens, one-on-ones, 11 on 11. So now you're going to kind of look for Friday morning to see if, or Friday afternoon after practice, to see if he's maybe involved in some drills, some position drills, or maybe even seven on sevens, things like that. And as soon as we sort of see him get involved going into um full team drills, 11 on 11s, and you really, really get you know your opportunity to to see what's going on there. The big thing you're kind of hoping that he's going to be able to catch up on pretty quickly is just communication, right? Like he's going to understand this game, he's going to understand the system. Andy Dalton kind of talked about it before too. Like when you've been in enough offenses or defenses across the NFL, the hardest part is the verbiage, right? Things that used to mean one thing in in one system mean something different in another system, and then things that mean what they mean now in your system meant something different in the system before, and so on and so forth. So it's just about kind of relearning what those things are. Andy Dalton kind of did a really nice breakdown uh, for that, and I I imagine Tyron Matthew is going to deal with something similar as he continues to learn this system, but he should get it down quickly. The next thing is just going to be communicating it out on the field, so that's where the verbiage and stuff like that comes along. The time on task portion of it in terms of the communication is really going to be most important between he and Marcus May at the safety position, but also he down to the second level to Demario Davis as well, who's kind of the quarterback of the entire defense, while he, Matthew, is quarterback in the secondary. So it's a little bit of a shared responsibility in terms of what all that is. And sometimes he's quarterback in the secondary after the snap, right? He's seeing something develop. And so he's pointing that out. He's calling it out. He's calling out switches as things are coming across the field, all of that. So there's a lot of work that goes into that. So, the, so the, the the quicker that he gets out on the field to where he's actually participating, the better because he's getting used to communicating with these players. He know, it starts to learn the verbiage that works out on the field, all of that. His communication in terms of picking things up from DeMario Davis is, is also about hearing DeMario Davis, speaking to DeMario Davis, all of that. So really communication and giving out those calls is what you're really, really wanting to see him be able to get out on the field and be able to work on. You know his physical ability already. You know that the New Orleans Saints' defensive scheme already caters to his skill set and his versatility. All of that big thing is just going to be: can he can he orchestrate it uh, from his position? And can he? I'll, I'll keep the I guess I'll keep the 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 orchestra pun going. But can he orchestrate that? And can he work in concert with the other defensive backs all over the place? Had an interesting conversation and in a back and forth with Bradley Roby today on Thursday after practice, where he sort of. Outline the communication between cornerback to safety, safety to cornerback, cornerback to nickel, nickel to cornerback, nickel to safety, safety to nickel. And it was interesting to me that he broke out nickel there because that is, that's new. That, that's a re- not, not new, but that's a relatively recent development as NFL offenses have started going to what's called 11 personnel. When you're, when you're outlining personnel, your, your first digit is the number of running backs, your second digit is the number of tight ends. So 11 personnel would be one running back and one tight end. You have three remaining skill position players who are all wide receivers. So because of that, defenses started counteracting those 11 personnels by putting three cornerbacks out on the field, i.e. a nickel package. The reason why you call it a nickel package is because you have five, a nickel, um, defensive backs, two safeties, three cornerbacks. And that includes that nickel cornerback or that slot cornerback. And so Bradley, we kind of talked about like the specificity of that. We're going to use that sound later on in the week. Uh, But it was just really interesting to hear that. And so you know that you have so much that you have to cater and so many nuances in terms of the communication from safety to corner safety to nickel for a guy like Tyron Matthew to really get up to speed on all that is obviously very important. So that's what you're hoping for in terms of the impact that he has or where you start to see the development. The impact that he has is that he communicates better than anybody else in the NFL. He's one of the smarter safeties, one of the smartest safeties in the NFL and one of the best at his position. And so the impact that he has for you is that he can generate turnovers. He can help get other people into position. Think back to the Tracy Porter interception in the Super Bowl back in 2010 and 2009 season. Jonathan Vilma making that last second adjustment before the ball was snapped that helped Tracy Porter be in position to be able to break on the ball, pick off Eli Eli Manning, Peyton Manning's pass, looked like an Eli Manning pass, and then bring it back uh, to the house, which helped to seal that Super Bowl win. Tyron Matthew has the smarts and capacity to be able to do things like that, not only put himself in position to succeed, generate turnovers, make plays, but put the other players around him, his teammates around him in those similar positions as well and give them a chance to be able to do what we're watching guys like Paulson and Debo do now on a daily basis and get those pass breakups and make those big plays, all of that. So that's your timeline. That's what you're hoping to see as you continue to progress if you're Tyron Matthew, and that's what you're hoping to see in terms of the impact that he ends up bringing. Real quick update for you, just a quick roster move to highlight. Speaking of second level, um, the New Orleans Saints have signed former New Orleans Saints linebacker Kiko Alonso. New Orleans Saints uh, acquired Kiko Alonso years ago in a trade that sent Vince Beagle to Miami in a rare player for player trade, brought Kiko Alonso to New Orleans in what ended up being actually a a pretty surprisingly impactful move. Kiko Alonso played incredibly well in the run game in particular, was part of that really fantastic uh, run defense that year. Uh, he saw, he hasn't played football though since 2019 when during that New Orleans Saints playoff loss to the Minnesota Vikings, he had the ACL tear. So this is his first reintroduction is this reunion, reintroduction to the NFL is this reunion with the New Orleans Saints. So it'll be interesting to see how he gets some. Remember DeMarco Jackson, the New Orleans Saints rookie uh, fifth round selection out of App State wasn't at practice on Thursday, I don't know if maybe there was an injury there that they think he's going to miss a little bit of time, and so that put them in a situation where they wanted to go out and bring in a linebacker. But they've also been looking at linebackers all offseason, right? They brought in Joe Showbert. They've, you know, I'm sure they had their conversations with Quan. They they signed uh, Eric Wilson. They had some interest in Anthony Barr earlier on in the offseason as well. So now they bring in Kiko Alonso after also trying out Anthony Hitchens and John Bostick. So this is now the second set of sort of positional tryouts that the Saints have brought in, tight end and now linebacker uh, this offseason that led to a signing. Also, we always know the New Orleans Saints are going to bring in veteran linebackers during, during training camp. This is just something that they've always done. So that, and then you look at the Malcolm Brown signing at running back, those are two positions where the New Orleans Saints are constantly bringing in veterans throughout training camp. So not a big surprise here, but pretty cool, pretty cool just to see Kiko Alonso back in uh, the black and gold. And it might just be for camp, all that. It doesn't matter. Like It's still really cool to see that he's back in, in New Orleans. Coming up next, we're going to get to your questions to wrap up today's episode. Is Juwan Johnson giving tight end one vibes? He's certainly playing like it, but I'll tell you why he will not be tight end one very likely going into 2022. And to be clear, it's not his fault. We got all that coming up for you as we continue on to wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints. And before we do that, I want to tell you about our friends Oret Bet Online, your number one source for all of your sports wagering needs, sports wagering information, podcasts, everything that you're looking for, including more odds lines and props than ever before. That will include things like win totals, uh, play, uh, playing game spreads. I it was a hard one to say for some reason. Player props, whole bunch of stuff that you can get on even end of year awards. That's just the NFL. You can find a lot of that stuff for the NBA and NHL, MLB, and much more as well, including esports, golf, combat sports, bowling. There's so much that you can find over at Bet Online. Hard not to have a lot of fun over at the website. So go and check them out today. Bet Online, where the game starts. let's get it who that nation we are wrapping up today's episode of locked on saints with your questions from our live episode earlier today thank you to those of you who are able to make it out for that or who caught it later very very much appreciate you i'm going to start off with gregory carter jr's question here is juan johnson showing that he can be tight end one Here's what I'll say. When you see Juwan Johnson go out there and make big catches and make big plays and make catches up the seams, all of that, it's hard not to root for the guy, right? He made his catch today, this big leaping catch down the sideline that just was the pinnacle of what Juwan Johnson can be and what Juwan Johnson, as far as we're concerned, based upon his stellar performance so far throughout camp here in 2022, is. And the first thing I did was I looked over to my dear friend, Matty Hudak, and I said, that guy needs more targets. (laughs) He he needs more targets in 2022. However, he's probably not going to be tight end one, but it's not his fault. The reason why he's probably not going to be tight end one is because he hasn't fully developed as a run blocker yet. Tight end one, i.e. the tight end that gets the most snaps, i.e. the tight end that's usually out there for the first first and 10 for every game, the starting tight end in a run situation is oftentimes going to be the run blocking tight end because he has the ability to be out on the field for run plays and for passing plays. That's why Adam Trotman is your tight end one going into 2022. First of all, Trotman has actually shown quite a bit now that he's healthy that he can contribute as a pass catcher the way that you would expect him to contribute based upon what you saw during his outstanding production while at Dayton. You're seeing all of that. Plus, you know that he's developing as a run block or something that New Orleans Saints really like about him. So, Adam Trotman is your tight end one. But a pretty even split right now between Taysom Hill and Juwan Johnson being the second tight end that's oftentimes out on the field in those two tight end or 12 personnel sets. Yeah, that certainly makes a lot of sense. So here's what I'll tell you. Juwan Johnson won't won't be tight end one, but it doesn't mean that he won't be the leading receiver from the position in 2022. Let's go to Crass4 here. Hey, Ross, do you think that Penning is on track to start the season opener or will we get James Hurst? who has NFL starting experience. I think James Hurst is very likely going to be your starter to open up the season. Now, I will say Trevor Penning got a lot of first team reps on Thursday's padded practice, the third padded practice. And that's interesting because, of course, he was kicked out of practice on Wednesday after fighting with Malcolm Roach. So cool to see the New Orleans Saints discipline and then also show, hey, we still have faith in you. We still believe in you. He struggled a little bit with those speed rushers coming from the second level, Pete Werner, Zach uh, excuse me, I almost said Zach Bond. Caden Ellis, giving him trouble, coming in from the second level, speed rushing off of his inside shoulder, something he continues to have trouble with. But honestly, if he can fix that and if he can continue to develop in terms of how he uses his hands, all the things that he said he wants to get better at, right? How to use his hands, when to shoot his hands, timing, um, pass sets, all of those things. If he can get all that, then, then yeah, he can get to the point to where he gets to that track to start week one. But as of right now, James Hurst is your starter. All right, let's see if I can get this name right. Duwada Yasharala, you have to let me know if I got that right, asked, how's Marcus May's camp going? Marcus May is adjusting. He's learning the system, right? So there have been a couple of communication things that you can definitely see taking place, but some of that has to do with the fact that he's rotating. He's got like three different safeties that are playing next to him, training campaigns, right? Things that happen. But I will tell you this. Marcus May is athletic. As all get out, rangy as all get out, and does a very good job taking away downfield options. He sees things developing in front of him really well. He's also very versatile. We've seen him serve a lot of different roles so far. Today's practice is open to public. So I don't mind necessarily saying that he played deep, played those two, two safety sets, and played down in the box. Like we've seen that versatility that you would expect from him. So what you're really going to want to see from Marcus May is how does he partner? and work with Tyron Matthew, and how do the two of them complement one another? Because they really have the ability to switch with one another. Who's the deep safety? Who's the box safety? It could be either one on any given play. So that's really the piece that you're going to be looking for to see, ah, there's the value that you get from Marcus May and Tyron Matthew as a duo. But I will say Marcus May has looked good, but you have seen some communication things here and there, and that's just a part of the growing pains and and some of it is communication. Some of it is honestly just that like the offense had the right play call based upon the defensive responsibilities, like the Deontay Hardy touchdown from Jameis Winston, where Jameis said run a skinny post because the defense is going to crash down on the underneath route. That's the way that they're playing this right now. This is going to be a touchdown for us. That's just offense knowing defense, right? That's not a communication thing. So some of it's communication. Some of it's like, eh, you know, it's part of the practice. Let's go next to one of the bigger questions that continues to be asked over the course of the offseason. Faith-based, faith-based workplace asked, Ross, do you think that Alvin Kamara won't get suspended this year? Also, if he does, uh, who really can step in his place? So, no individual running back would step into his place. They would take the 70% of snaps that he would receive on any specific game and divvy them up across two or three different running backs. Right now, those running backs look to be Mark Ingram, and then I would put maybe a Zigbo ahead of Tony Jones Jr. and Abram Smith. Right now, Abram Smith has fallen. I don't want to say fallen, but like he's at a point now to where he's getting the very, very last reps of third team. We're still waiting to see him pop a little bit, which isn't say that he won't. We just haven't seen it yet. Remember, the gap closes as the, the young guys get a little bit more settled. So that's on the way. But Zigbo, who already has some knowledge of the system, has shown a little bit more wherewithal, in my opinion, than Tony Jones Jr. And he seems to be ahead in that rotation of Dwayne Washington. So good news for him. Um, I don't know about Alvin Kamara getting suspended this season, but I will say that as of right now, if he does get suspended, it'll be late in the season and that sucks. That sucks for the New Orleans Saints because that's at the point to where you get to like the stretch run trying to either fight for playoff positioning or fight for a playoff appearance as a whole, and you might end up losing out on your best running back. So, at this point, their best case scenario since the case has been continued until effectively October, it's like September 29th, but since the case has been continued that long into the season, What you're really hoping for is that it just gets continued again, two more months, and then you're out of the season by that point. So that's hopefully the situation. I will say, hopefully, no, he doesn't get suspended this year, but we we kind of have to see how the legal process entirely plays out. And then finally, we'll wrap up here with the Youngblood 46 Ross. We know Demario Davis and Pete Werner, they're starting linebackers for the Saints, but what's your prediction for who else makes the rest of the linebacker core? So Eric Wilson, number 58 to me, has shown everything that he needs to show that he can be a 53-man roster player. And he's also your second most experienced linebacker, or maybe third most experienced linebacker now, thanks to the Kiko Alonso signing. Uh, I think Caden Ellis continues to make the team for you. He just has maybe a little bit more of the playmaking ability. He's able to rush the passer. He's able to do a, a lot of different things from that level. DeMarco Jackson, I, I want to put on that list, but I don't know right now because we have to see sort of what that injury is and if the Kiko Alonso signing is indicative of anything. Um, and then I guess after that, you're probably looking at like a little bit of a competition there at the bottom for that sixth spot between like Zach Bond, potentially Kiko Alonso, all of that. So I mean it can go any which way at at this point, but those are the ones that I guess stand out the most to me as the players that could fill out the rest of the room behind Demario Davis and Pete Werner. And of course, sorry, I have to throw Andrew Dowell in there as well because I seem to love this guy and he has been somebody that has been right there, but has been dealing with injuries, things of like that right now. He looks healthy and he's looked great so far throughout camp, continuously making plays in the run game, stuff like that. So definitely another guy, number 50, to keep an eye out on. All right, All right, y'all, coming up tomorrow, another padded practice, another open day for New Orleans Saints fans. So we'll keep you up to date with everything going on with Tyron Matthews' progress, Michael Thomas' progress, Paulson Adebo's just heater that he's on right now, and much more going on all throughout New Orleans Saints training camp. Don't forget, the 21st is going to be another open practice. Registration will begin for that at Saints.com on the 8th of August. That one will be at the Caesars Superdome. So a lot of fun. That one's always a blast uh, for you to check out. So keep an eye out on neworleanssaints.com for more details there. Appreciate you as always, y'all, for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day. Every day for your second listen, make sure you go and check out that Locked on NFL podcast. Your boy Q and Chris Carter giving you everything you need to know around the NFL in less than 30 minutes minutes. I appreciate y'all as always for making me a part of your day and for saying yes to Locked on Saints. As always, if you see me, say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing, let me know how you live, let me know how your mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holler at you.